when you hit record there, uh, Michael, I think Paul was just in the middle of saying it's just like 1984. So that might be a good cold open. <laughs> I don't know if I caught that. I'll have to. I'll have to check. I, I think uh, it was, yes, I did hit record. Yeah, yeah, it was like right as you hit it, so it may not have captured everything. But <laughs> that'd be an awesome cold open, yeah, especially yeah. when we're talking about AI training. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be that would be a little bit on the nose, as on the nose as it gets. Hi everyone, I'm Andrew, and I'm Michael, and this is the Endurance Innovation Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Endurance Innovation. And this week, we've got uh, another follow-up in our AI coach-based lecturer series, I guess we can call it that. Uh, (laughs) And it's actually his third time appearing on the podcast, but a very good friend of ours, Dr. Paul Larson. So previously, we've talked about uh, heat training, and Paul has done a remarkable amount of work on that, so heat adaptation and and dealing with high temperatures. And also, uh, Paul has spoken about his book that he's published, so The Science and Application of High-Intensity Interval Training. Um, and it's, I think, seen as a bit of a Bible amongst a lot of coaches. So uh, it's fantastic to have you back, Paul. And I always enjoy these conversations. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, Andrew. Great to be here, guys. Yeah, welcome back, Paul. I uh, In our email exchange when we were trying to book you for this episode, uh, as, a, as a sweetener, I mentioned that uh, your conversation with us on uh, high-intensity interval training is, to date, our most downloaded episode uh, of all time. But it's it's not it's not it's it's only first by uh, something like sixteen downloads because uh, Marco Altini is hot on your hot on your heels with his talk on uh, HRV. Uh, so, but you guys you guys are are winning the roost right now. <laughs> no pressure on this one. Yeah, honored honored to be up in up in the ranks. It's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. So as as Andrew uh, alluded to, listeners, uh, Paul is on the show to talk about um, AI assisted. Uh, coaching, and uh, he's got a platform that he's been developing uh, for quite some time now called Athletica, and this is uh, what we want to dig into. So we want to get a sense of what Athletica is all about, what it is, uh, what the good folks there are trying to accomplish, um, what uh, the program will do once it's uh, ready for prime time, which I think is quite soon. Um, and then what some of the uh, the limitations are. So that's the the kind of the outline for the show today, everyone. Uh, so Paul, why don't we start with um, with why are you putting together an AI assisted coaching platform? What's the uh, what's the impetus? What's the problem that you were trying to solve? Yeah. So I think the you know, it really helps if you grab the context of that last podcast. So if you haven't listened to the Hit podcast. Um, I'm going to try and get a few more, a few more. I was going to say this. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent self, self plug. Good job. But, but in all honesty, like if you listen to that podcast, uh, there's a lot of complexity to, um, to hit training and how you move, you know, when you move the different levers of, uh, training exercise intensity, the duration of the exercise bout, the duration of the, um, recovery bout. Uh, the length of the recovery boat, like all these things make, you know, add a, a bunch of complexity that are pretty, I mean, they're difficult for me. I've studied the thing for 20 years and I find it difficult 
So I've been looking, I guess, ultimately for a solution for a long time. And, you know, I've, I've come across, uh, I guess, along the way, it, actually being on podcasts, believe it or not. And um, Stephen Brown, who's the co-founder of, of Athletica, he, he, you know, this was like five, six years ago, I was on a podcast and he was listening to me, you know, talking about, um, you know, we've got to use the, um, you know, some of these new techniques that are coming out with AI to try to get our head around some of the complexities that are involved with, with training. And he, he got in touch with me and basically said, let's, you know, let's do it. And we've been battling away for more than five years to try to put this thing, thing together because, you know, it even gets harder when you're actually trying to put, put this into, uh, into code and all you're dealing with all of the con contextual issues and you're trying to make things as, uh, you know, you're trying to develop a system that, that everyone can kind of use, the masses can use. But anyways, that's, that was the rationale for why we put it together. So, you know, what is Athletica? Well, it, it's basically a technology that's going to apply the HIT principles, HIT science principles to your training program to allow you to, you know, um, if you've got a training, if you've got an event to perform in, mm -hmm. you basically, that, and you can be as far as, I think, seven months out. And if you plug that event in to your, you know, on, on that day, you can, it, it builds like a periodized plan uh, using the hit science principles and all, you know, again, go back and listen to all the, the, the different hits, hit science principles that we have. But some of the key ones would be like using the banister fitness and fatigue modeling approach, right? Where we're looking mm -hmm. at optimizing the load in a progressive manner, not getting injured because we know that consistency and training progression are two of the, you know, the hallmarks of, of what is going to allow us to perform well on, on race day. So optimize the training load, optimize the gain in fitness, and then and maximize also the um, uh, you know the what do we call it you know the training stress balance or the the freshness I guess on that day. So that's one thing that it does. Um, you know we optimize the VO2 response using the short intervals and long intervals appropriately. And um, you know that actually opens. We'll, we'll talk about this later. We want this to be a research platform as well for the sports science industry. We can talk about that a little bit later. A lot of these things that we're optimizing, well, we don't actually know if that's the right answer. So we're gonna, you know, it's gonna be also a research platform too. That's kind of we're excited about that. We want to give back to our industry. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think the, I mean those are some of the key the key things. You know, we're using the wearables. We're we're mooching. All the, the technologies that are out there like Garmin and Strava. So those are the two systems that it links up with. And, uh, and yeah, like, you know, put, we're, we've got, and we're actually just launching, we've launched the triathlon version. Uh, we've got that established in beta and we're just launching running as well. Uh, and we're, you know, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm here with the, the, the cheat sheet for the sign up. I'm just putting finishing touches on that as we speak. And I've got the email drafted and it's ready to go out to our, you know, our, our individuals that are sitting on our, our, our wait list. So uh, by the time this comes out, uh, it, will be, it will be live, truly. There's a couple interesting things that you touched on there that, uh, that I'd like to spend a little bit more time talking about. So um, you mentioned re research. So the fact that you can use this as a research platform. And also, I would say just the nature of AI. Um, and the way I personally see AI or neural networks or machine learning is that you can 
take a problem with a lot of different variables, a lot of different input, and through and the key for this is enough training data and with the proper restrictions, you can predict maybe um, different outcomes that wouldn't be easy to see for the human. Um, but through enough training, again, and regression analysis, you can get something that's a little bit more accurate. But also um, using this and the backpropagation part of it, looking at uh, when we get results from different athletes. So seeing what is more effective and taking these data sets and turning them into big data, essentially, so that more people can understand how human physiology works on a, a larger scale. Absolutely. And those are the types of studies that we've got in the, in the pipeline. Right. So, um, yeah. And it, again, it's all about we know we know uh, it's all about the individual. So where are you in terms of your, you know, your fingerprint? What sort of animal do you sort of category do you sit in? And then how can we optimize that training for you? That Those are the types of questions we want to get to that, you know, and instead of these, you know, these N of 10 studies that, you know, I've been part of yeah. hundreds of them and uh, you you get these responders and non-responders and you're trying to sort of sort these things out through these 10, 10 subjects that you're, that are representing a, a population. And yeah, I mean, you're going to, you're not going to hit the mark on every one of those, those studies. Right. So this is going to be, I think, helpful in that regard because we want, we want to have very, very large numbers eventually. Um, and again, we've got a price point where we're, we're clearly going for that, where it's $20 a month. Um, you know, most that can be afforded most places in the world. And not only that, we have an ambassador program too. So you can have this for free if you, if you, even if you can't afford it, just do a little bit of work on socials for us. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's what we're going for. I want to ask a question about what the, the, the platform actually does. And you mentioned that it builds out a periodized plan of up to seven months for some key event, but, uh, on a, on more of a micro level on a day to day, uh, do you get prescribed workouts that are, you know, that have duration and intensity as, uh, as their, you know, their outputs? Is that what it looks like? You do. Yeah. So it's just like, so I'm the coach that they've modeled this, this off of, um, at least for, for starters. And basically, you know, these are my, ultimately my plans that are in the, in the program. Uh, you know, I've stolen it from various different peoples along the way, as coaches do. <laughs> For sure, we all we all do. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. Thank you. Yeah, and but basically, yeah, these that's that's um, those those plans are in there. Uh, and then the cool thing about those the the plan is that they're all click click and draggable, right? So they um, here you know you're given this training template, um, and you're actually able to click and drag those sessions to better days for your your context and your 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 schedule. And then all of the loading parameters still update accordingly so that the session is still optimized for load, uh, depend, you know, no matter where you place it in your, in your program, with some exceptions. You know, if, you, if you're going to try and dra- drag seven sessions onto one day, well, I, think that, you know, I don't think <laughs> you that can, You can break it, I'm sure, yes. Yeah, you can break it, exactly. But as long as it fits within, uh, within normal you know, bandwidths and guidelines uh you yeah it's going to be pretty useful for for most people so that's that's developed with me and i guess the, the coaching platform that'll come later that's it's kind of our six month goal is that any coaches out there can then go and put their their programs in also use my library or other libraries that are developed to um yeah to um you know input their plans what they think is optimal you know use their secret sauce for their athletes mm-hmm. and, and, uh, but still have all the same, you know, to bells and whistles that I do in terms of that, um, 
that, you know, the optimization of that load and, and figuring out for the athlete um, automatically what to do if I miss a session or if I do a session a different way, you know, um, because that was the number one question that we, that we had at the Training Peaks conference in, uh, when I was there in 2016, I think I was a speaker. And that was the number one question that was, that, uh, that came up for all of the, the Training Peaks coaches at that conference. And, um, so no one had a solution. That was what the coaches wanted. So I was, I was thinking when that, when that happened, this is, we've got to, we've got to have that for coaches. Let's pick at that one for a second. So when you say, wh- what, what do you do when something goes wrong? And by this, let me just make sure that I understand what you're saying. Um, so you have this brilliantly laid out template, but of course, you know, we almost never follow the plan exactly right. You know, people get sick or work gets crazy or kids get, you know, locked out of schools because there's a global pandemic. Um, and then you have to make modifications to that, to that template. So is that what you're talking about? Like, what do you do if you have to make, you know, an ad hoc change to the, to the program? That's right. So exactly. And so it's just as you describe it. So you're, you're given up often given a plan or a template. This is how, you know, this is how we work as coaches and you can download, of course, a plan on training peaks as well and just, or, or name your platform and there's your plan. But what do you do when you don't, when you can't do the plan and that happens probably 50% of the time, right? Because of life gets in the way. Mm-hmm. So this gives you options. So Athletica gives you options because now, Oh, I can't do that session. Let's just try and click and drag that to another day. I just, you know, I really don't want to miss it. Let's see what the program does. And then boom, 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 everything is, is updated. So, you know, load might be reduced on certain sessions because you've made that move, mm-hmm. but at least it's all sort of there. So it's, um, in essence, we're trying to, you know, keep that stimulus, uh, you know, right and progressive and and and, and consistent. So just so we, so you can kind of continue. We still want to give you to show you the best road to Rome, right? In accordance with your context. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it it does. It does. Um, Andrew, I have a follow up question. Unless you have one, because I've I've well, asked the last two just yeah. procedurally. <laughs> My my point on this, or my comment on this, is that uh, it's something I've struggled with in the past. So I've mentioned it a few times on on different episodes that we've done, but I'm currently using the Trainer Road Plan Builder, uh, which I like for a lot of reasons. But if you miss a workout, or if you miss a week due to illness, or if work is crazy and you don't have a chance to get the workout in, you look at some of these sessions, and especially when you have a workout you really want to do something that's challenging, but you think you can, you know, it's a nice feather in your cap in terms of accomplishing something good. Um, you want to make that up, but I don't really know how to do that. Uh, cause I don't personally have the coaching background. I don't have the understanding of how to balance these things. And it's something I really feel I miss out on. And it's a limitation of some of those other programs. And there are pluses and minuses to each of them, but I think this is where, your system really comes in and having that ability to vary the, the long-term plan based on the events that happen in a given week. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I think you, you, you described that perfectly, Andrew, like that's, that's, that's what it is. So it's like, you've got these key sets uh, um, and you know, well, there's a night, there's a short interval. I, I know that's important. I know that's a key set. I don't want to miss that. So, but you know, my schedule is really messing with me. So I'm going to move that one over here um, and you know, there's that, you know, there's that key, uh, you know, moderate intensity, uh, long interval set. I don't want to miss that too. 
um, but I don't want the two to interfere with one another. But, and, but the program will mix and meld the, um, the load accordingly so that you can still complete those sessions. Uh, you might just not uh, do them to the same, same degree, but it's all in an effort so that the, you know, we don't violate certain principles, right? Like mm-hmm. acute chronic load ratio, uh, CTL ramp rate. I mean, you name your, your, um, uh, your thing in terms of how we know we can optimize these. These are very difficult for a coach to eyeball, but low, you know, our performance analysts uh, can do this in our sleep. Our computers can do this in our sleep. So these are all inbuilt within the backbone of, of Athletica to enable these enable that um, at least the prescription to occur. And then, you know, it, it's always the athlete's prerogative, what they're going to go and do on the, on the day. And we also have, like we have, we show the, um, I guess the sessions, like what was actually prescribed and then the modified version. And you can, you know, click a, t- click a tab to see what the original was versus how the, the system has modified accordingly. And it's always your, always your prerogative in terms of what you're going to do. Um, because yeah, we don't we don't know the exact answer. It might might be just fine if you're feeling good to go and go out there and smash that session. But this is our recommendation. So my question is, how do you quantify load? Because that's a really big sticky wicket for for coaches. Um, and there's a whole you know slew of options out there. Um, you mentioned you know CTL ramp rates and uh, training stress balance, which are you know peaks, wears, training peaks terms. Um, using their their uh, TSS training stress score metric, is that what Athletica uses as well? We use a modified version of that. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that it's modified because I'm not a like I've talked about this on the pa- uh, on past shows. I think there are. Uh, it's not that I I'm not a huge fan of it. It's just I think there are serious limitations to TSS. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure you know this, like how it skews uh, very heavily efforts well above, you know, FTP. And uh, that doesn't necessarily, you know, the the load that it assigns mathematically to that effort isn't necessarily, you know, commensurate with uh, with uh, the actual load on the athlete, which is why I like what, you know, what you guys do with Hit Science, how you, you know, you have the aerobic system, the anaerobic system and the neuromuscular system, those three kind of um, uh, the the three let's say gross fitness parameters that you can you can influence through training, um, and I think that if you could incorporate those three into some kind of uh, uh, some kind of training load metric, I think that would be far more useful be- than than straight up TSS, which is only pegged to FTP, which has all sorts of pitfalls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now you said a bunch of cool things in there. So, uh, you know, you're right on to us. So again, remember that Athletica applies the hit science principles, um, and it, it does the best it can at this point in time. So we are, this is one of the research and development, um, I guess, aspects that's happening in the background. We've got a master's student with, uh, with our backend expert, Andrea, who's working on this project to, uh, I guess, quantify the aerobic, anaerobic, and neuromuscular loads. So that will be, you know, that will be coming out. We hope to realize that within, you know, maybe within six months as well. Very cool. Uh, at the moment, just to further the TSS one, we're using something called cortic mean power. But again, it's a, it's a, it's, it's using, it is similar to, similar to the TSS kind of model, right? Where you're uh, exponentially weighing the higher intensities. Mm-hmm. So, that's that's what yeah but yeah those are those are all all being used doing the best we can at, at this point in time and then we are also yeah we've got a good R&D program that uh, in the back in the back to to realize the hit science principles 
in Athletica. Well, it's kind of a little bit of a chicken and egg situation um, with uh, with this, where you, in order to do a really good job of using these other metrics, you need, you know, a good solid sample size. And as you said earlier, all of those n, n equals ten studies, they don't, they just don't give you that. So if you, you know, you got to launch the platform with uh, with something, so you can collect some of this data and then maybe maybe make it more robust and uh, and better able to capture the kind of the the more the the more intricate elements of training. Um, so it's you you kind of I, I take I take what you're saying I think as uh, as starting at this point and then improving it over time as you have the uh, the data sets to do so. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we, yeah, we're already. I mean, that, that mimics some of the conversations we're we're having at this point in time. They do revolve around the small subject numbers that we're making these models with, and we keep, you know, keep saying, well, these models are going to improve remarkably once more people are on the platform. But that's easy, much easier to uh, said than done. So we, it's kind of slowly, slowly with that. We're, um, and again, once we launch. Uh, in you know in days here it's going to be uh, you know platform stability is going to be the key but then yeah that's going to come you know that's going to increase uh, as we as we grow and yeah some of the models we're really working on it as well as the chapter nine models is the load response variable so okay we've been talking here about load training load um, right which is you know a product of the intensity and the duration of the session ultimately that with that cortic mean power but remember how you respond to that load is a entirely different beast. Now, uh, that's an, also a really exciting project, right? We've got good load response variables that we're capturing after each session. And that's another really important thing that Athletica, Athletica does is after your session, we're asking you how that session was. What was your rating of perceived exertion? So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's a well-established sports science principle that that works very well for for establishing the you know your perception of that load how hard you felt it was and then you know there's a there's also how did it feel we know we can have a hard session but it can feel great we have a hard session it feels like like poo right sure um, so that that means something to us as well if you're nailing a hard session it feels really good well that's you know that's that's probably a pretty positive thing. Um, you know, suggests that there's almost a balance between the, uh, you know, the internal and the external training load. And then, yeah, and then the last, the last one I'll finish up, and that's the, uh, it's, we call it mood, and it's basically a semantic analysis of, of your comments. So we're asking you to write in your comments about that session thereafter. And that's, uh, yeah, those three key factors are uh, beginning, they're doing a great job also of going in and fine-tuning that load, right? So, um, yeah, th- that's that's also another important uh, parameter of how how we function, uh, you know, as a system. So there yeah, you sort of answered. Uh, sorry, Andrew, I just, I'm just, I, this will be the last one, I promise, because he just started <laughs> answering my question. <laughs> I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a good time editing this this episode, folks. <laughs> it's it's your own fault. <laughs> it is my it's 100 my own fault. I just I just have to stop talking over you. Uh, so, Paul, you started. You sort of answered a question that uh, I was going to ask about subjective inputs because um, I think there's there's a greater, at least from my you know n equals one perspective, there's a much greater emphasis in both the coaching community and the sports science community on uh, non measurable 
uh, input from the athletes in and the utility of these of these subjective metrics. Um, and as you know, in my own practice, I I've definitely put a lot more emphasis on them in the past uh, handful of years. Uh, so I wanted to know how Athletica is handling these inputs, and you 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 sort of answered that. But um, do you track anything else that is not directly training related, other than you know the athlete's subjective experience with the workout? Is there anything else that goes into the the decision making matrix? Not not yet, no. But um, again, on Marco's advice, where we have um, the Aura Ring API is going to be implemented um, shortly. Cool shortly following and then we'll have sort of both both sleep and overnight hrv from that so that'll be an important uh, important marker thank you marco yeah thank you marco he's number two you don't plug him he's he's right behind you in the uh so a follow-up question i actually have is if we've spent some time talking about the load response uh that everyone's looking for and obviously optimizing that is good but ultimately at the end of the day what you're trying to do as an athlete is go faster in races um or complete the target event in a better condition um so is there any way to tie that information back in so for example if an athlete has a race result uh that they can uh input back into the um into the training algorithm just to, to figure out, okay, maybe my FTP hasn't gone up, but because of how I'm training, I can maintain that, that better race condition that's more suited to the event. Is there, is there a plan for that or a roadmap for that? Again, we're so blessed with, with, uh, the backend guy that, that leads us. And that's Andrea Zignoli, Dr. Andrea Zignoli from the university of Trento who does a, we have a postdoc relationship with, with that university. And he's just an absolute, like this is, if you follow him on Twitter, you can see all the optimization problems that he solves with time trials. And he does a lot of the tour de France thing. So, you know, absolutely. We were going to have those, um, you know, that input output type, uh, you know, um, analysis going on, but that's, yeah, it's just not a big problem at the moment, but, but, you know, give us, once we launch and that mm-hmm. data comes in, imagine another year from now where we've got X number of races, uh, you know, absolutely. That'll be a, that'll be a big one for sure. And the other part of that question is I've personally found that, uh, my optimal taper doesn't really seem to match what the traditional taper is. So mm-hmm. I find that, uh, if I taper too long, I just lose my sharpness, basically, um, just not feeling on top of it. And some of my best races have happened after reasonably intense training days, uh, usually not longer races, but looking at the shorter distance events where you need that intensity. Uh, so taking into account how people react from a taper and how they perform on race day, that would be another huge interest of mine. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that you're again, hitting on conversations that happened, uh, in Athletica between us, cause it's, you know, often what the um, the models are saying are more in line with what you're what you're talking about, Andrew. With but for me, from a from the athletes a lot a lot of the athletes that I sort of coach, they don't like that. They want more sort of more freshness, and they get really nervous about doing too much training um, in those last weeks. So I, I find it quite interesting that the models often they they would support your your feel. More often than not, and I, I don't know if that'll get individualized later on down the road. I don't know, but but that's a yeah. That's I I don't know the answer to the question, but I, I would say that the the bots are supporting your uh, presumption. Excellent. I appreciate the bot support. 
<laughs> yeah, just uh, just my own two cents from what I've seen in the research is that there's there's uh, quite a bit of individual uh, preference in this. Um, and Andrew, I'm the same way as you. I I I would I'm a fan of really short, abrupt, like kind of logarithmic tapers. Uh, for me and for my most of my reasonably well-trained folks. Um, but there is a hundred percent what I totally echo what Paul says that there is definitely a fear of doing too much in those, in those last couple of weeks. Um, and I think, you know, it depends. I think it's that, that could be just a risk aversion psychological response rather than, you know, uh, kind of, a, an evidence-based one, but it's, uh, it's interesting to see, but certainly if, if you have the, the data available to you, you know, you can, you can sometimes be, I don't know if you can do this, if the, if it's ethical to treat people as, uh, as test subjects and, you know, you taper one, one year you, or one training cycle, you taper someone one way and another time, another way, and you see what sticks. I mean, from, a from an athlete perspective, I would be super interested in that experiment if it was done on me, but I suppose that people who think that they have the the special sauce magic formula for their own taper, they may not want that uh, mucked around with. All volunteers are a guinea pig anytime. So <laughs> stick any electrodes in me you want. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, those, I mean, those are the exact types of studies that will, that we aim to, to have on the platform. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, open it up to a university, imagine, and then, you know, they can, uh, design the the design the study, design the training um, that's going to occur in those weeks, and design yeah design the taper. I mean, there's there's so many different ways we can kind of go. Um, you know, everything can be will eventually be able to be done on Zwift uh, or whatever, and um, yeah, you'll be able to see exactly how it how it actually comes out. And just thinking like some of the implications for other data that you can start to collect and start to uh, to parse through would be altitude or temperature or response to different uh, different traditional training methodologies mm-hmm. like that. So it's exactly. yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of people and a lot of time and a lot of trials. But uh, if you have a big enough platform and if you have enough athletes, you'll eventually get there. Yep. Yep. So we, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's so exciting now. Like obviously we've, we've done the hard yards for five years and it's been, been frustrating and challenging, but, but now it's, now it's kind of like, oh, wow, we've actually got something here and uh, the excitement's kind of building. And well, it's now, how do you, how do you strategically kind of go down the road and, build this into something big and you know you're talking to a, a professor here like I'm, I, don't know, I don't know the answer to some of these so we're really going to need some help from the, from the business experts and stuff in the, in the future that's cool speaking of that strategy who is your uh your target demographic right now you i know you mentioned that it's it's uh, in beta for triathletes and coming up for runners too but uh what uh, what sort of athlete are you after? Because you know, as we as we've been talking, you're uh, you know, and I'm. This isn't at all to give you a hard time. There's uh, there's very good reason for this answer, but you're saying we're developing X and Y and Z, and that's still you know that's still in in progress. So, are you looking for you know for folks who are maybe at uh, a more basic level who maybe don't need all the nuances, or are you looking for for folks who are really like big time endurance nerds who will give you really, you know, maybe useful feedback. What's the, the target demographic at present? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, at the moment, the endurance nerds, if you're an endurance nerd, we'd love to see you on the platform and uh, (laughs) to get your, to get your help. No question. Uh, We've had a lot of amazing endurance nerds that have helped us along the way to get this far, but it's always, always, always good to have more and uh, to show us the things that, 
you lose sight of, right? Because you've seen them for so long. You just don't see the sure. odd times. And I, yeah. So, but, but uh, make no mistake about it. We're, we're trying to develop a platform for everyone. So, you know, from the person getting off the couch to wants to do their first race to the pro professionals that I coach at the top of the game, like this is this, that's our, that's our end game is that it's, you know, we're really trying to focus on training intelligence um, and yeah, optimize the human Cool. When you look at it in terms of the adoption curve, like the traditional S curve, where you have the early adopters and um, and the early majority, those those can be the endurance nerds for sure. But once it becomes something that's widely applicable, that's when you really get into the bulk, and that's when you really start to collect big data, like big numbers of uh, studies or subjects to different studies. That uh, you know, if people are volunteering their data for these things, they don't necessarily know what part of the study they're involved in, but you can start to group people based on how they've done their training. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that is how we work too, right? So if you come into Athletica now, we're, we basically, uh, how the system sort of works is you start by looking at whether you're, you kind of classify yourself as a beginner, an intermediate or an advanced athlete, right? So, um, and, and that is ultimately, that's the plan that you're going to kind of start to get uh, off the, you know, to, to start out. And Ultimately, that's like uh, I often try to use the analogy. That's the lose track, and and then the AI within is going to kind of steer you along hmm. uh, along the way. So, so yeah, it's uh, you know it's we're trying to cater for as many people kind of coming into Athletica as possible, and then to you know steer them accordingly, and then hopefully yeah, hopefully you know allow them to jump up categories as well as they go through. That's awesome. I had a question about what, how you see Athletica playing with uh, existing endurance coaches, and so kind of the, the backstory that I always give for this, because we've had a, we had a chat with another uh, with another platform on this too, is that uh, when I first heard that this that these platforms were being developed as uh, an endurance coach, and that was uh, and still is the primary uh, kind of you know uh, income generator for me. Uh, it was a little bit of a threat, right? Like there was the, that's the initial kind of lizard brain response to that and that um that uh, ai is trying to eat my lunch um <laughs> but uh, the more i think about it and the more i, I talk yeah. to people uh the more i see the potential for uh, a far more collaborative relationship where um where the, the the platform whatever it is is helping the coach do what they you know what they naturally do well and then simplifying some of the tasks that they maybe don't want to be doing a ton of what's your what's your take on it yeah so that's another goal of athletica so again remember i'm coming from the new zealand olympic program so you know do the olympic cycles there and i saw how the system sort of worked with the great relationship between the you know performance and, uh, and analysis team that's doing all of the, you know, analyzing the training, physiologists that are coming in and, and, and assessing the training load and giving recommendations to the coach. We want to give that same sort of service to the coaches that are out there um, that you get at a, you know, in a high performance uh, system. Hmm. Uh, and, and so, all, you know, ultimately just doing all those things because I'm, I, name your best coach in the world. Uh, I don't know who it is, but they, it's hard to do it all. Even their brain power is going to miss things. Right. Um, but that being said that, you know, you as a coach, if you're listening, you can do things that there's the computer can never, can never do too. You've got to have those interpersonal relationships. 
you're going to appreciate the context best, but there's nothing wrong with having an assistant coach to help guide you with all those different athletes, because, you know, you're, you're probably not able to keep, keep track of the exact load that that individual is, is under and, you know, the, the, you know, how well that key set was actually done. Um, at least when you start, start getting past like, like five, you know, five to 10 athletes, it gets really, really hard. So, um, these are some of the, the things that we want to, to give to, to coaches, um, give them just ultimately give them more, save them more time so they can continue to foster those, those relationships, which are, which are so key. Yeah, I like that answer, and that's sort of where you know where my my thinking on this uh, emergence of AI assisted coaching or AI coaching that's that's sort of where I'm landing. And honestly, I mean, n- nobody cares what I think anyway because it's <laughs> one or, or other coaches think one way or another. This stuff is coming up, um, and you know, oh, yeah. if you're if you're in the industry and you're you're you know you're making a living as a coach, it it behooves you to figure out how to use it uh, or you know or be affected by it. Yeah. So an interesting comparison or analogy to look at when looking at this is if you look at manufacturing, the way manufacturing was in North America 50 years ago, there was this influx of automation and people were terrified thinking it would cost jobs. But what happened is they were able to move on to higher paying, in in many cases, move on to higher paying, more skilled jobs like maintaining the automation and developing the automation. So it creates these new niches for for different people and different skill sets and it takes away the main or it removes the manual labor and allows you to focus on these things that are part of the bigger picture uh so yeah the interpersonal relationships and the analysis the really in-depth analysis and getting subjective information back from the athletes that the computer or the ai algorithm is really going to struggle with so i think it's just a case of everyone kind of leveling up their game in in some respects not necessarily calling for more education or anything at the stage but i think it gives an opportunity to really focus on what you bring to the table as a human and you can provide your athletes yep yeah no absolutely like yeah there's so many more jobs that that are important in coaching than just the programming and the monitoring of the, the the load and the load response like you know there's the planning and the you know the, the strategic planning of the uh, of the races that you're going to do uh, the pacing aspects um yeah the tactics and and on and on it kind of goes so so yeah it's you know we're going to allow the coach to be able to focus more on those sorts of things if we're to take a more granular look at what's provided to the athlete, uh, what does the plan look like? What information do you provide to the athlete and how to structure their workouts? Well, oh, what, what plan does Athletica provide? Yeah. So if I'm, if I'm an athlete and I'm trying to sign up and I want to use your plan, uh, so obviously there's the, the high level things where you plan out your race and just uh, generally what the training schedule will look like in terms of load. But when you get to the, the low level details looking at, um, I've got a workout today, it's going to be x um what what information is given to the athlete and how do they action that well the uh, yeah so information in terms of how the training should actually be done right so yeah um, you've got a you've got a swim set and it's you know it's a strength uh strength endurance type focus right so it might be you know a variety of different pull and paddle uh sets or you know throw some fly in there and these sorts of things so um or you know and a speed set and you know on and on kind of goes so there's good detail that's within every single session there's detail on the the paces that should be targeted for each of those uh each repetition 
um, if it's an interval set. And then, yeah, it's that's that's the that's the plan for the day. And then you go and do that session. And then your you know your watch is going to record the, uh, what was actually done, and the auto uploads and is going to actually see how well you you actually achieve those and and calculate the uh, how compliant you were with with achieving those uh, those the objectives of the of the session. From a logistics perspective, uh, are you is it is it a, a workout that's written out in text like the old school way, or is it a structured workout that can be you know exported to let's say Zwift if you're cycling, or a Garmin Connect if you want to do a, a structured track workout and you want your Garmin telling you what the interval steps are? How does that? What does that feel like? Yeah, at the moment it's it's like a pen and paper, uh, you know, or it's it's on your plan, uh, and that is a Trello Trello card I can see right here in terms of a of a task that we've got to uh, got to do um, in terms of uh, the the device file upload mm-hmm. to Swift or um, you know you whatever workout builder that you that you want. So we'll have all those files available, right. you know, hopefully within that's within three months in terms of timeline. Cool. Yeah, and I think it's uh, it's a small detail, but I think it's an important detail, especially as far as bike training goes. Because if if someone's doing indoor trainer rides with a smart trainer, um, having their favorite platform where you can just plug and play and start pedaling, uh, that just reduces so much friction. And anyone who's dealt with the customer experience knows that like any any points of friction, uh, you start to lose customers or lose compliance. So I think it's. Um, yeah, it'll be great once you have that implemented. I think it'll be a really strong selling point for the the whole platform. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's going to correspond quite nicely with uh, with my job, where I'll be like I'll be moving next to the cycling plans and inputting in the cycling the cycling plans, and then that'll that'll time nicely with the the IT team developing that that feature. Yeah, I agree with Andrew. It just it makes it a little bit more of a of a seamless experience. Um, but you know, we it's not like people haven't trained with uh, pen and paper plans in the past. Yeah, it seems to have worked for a few people. <laughs> what I would like to know, uh, Paul, is, uh, and you've talked about this uh, in, in answering our other questions, but what's the roadmap for the next six to 12 months for Athletica? What are you guys looking to do next? Um, what are your priorities and milestones? <laughs> Let's pull up my Gantt chart here. <laughs> See some of the bullets. On it. Well, yeah, so... Yeah, the third the third party workout ones with trainer road, etc. That's definitely a, an important one. Uh, the research capability, sports science 2.0, calling it. Um, that's another big one. Cool. We want to translate into other languages. That's that's going to be important for the market size, and we've got mm-hmm. that capability because we're already doing that with with hit science. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, again, that's that's really convenient for us from a from a business side point that we've got. You know, this is uh, Athletica is. Uh, you know, the majority owner of Athletica is Hit Science, so it's so we kind of you know we're, we're kind of uh, similar companies ultimately. Race time predictions, another one. You kind of mentioned that one, Andrew. So we want to have oh yeah, we want to have it so that you kind of uh, you know you're gonna a lot of people come in and they they got a dream, and they want to be able to to race a certain certain time, and they want to know as they go along how well they're tracking towards that. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's another feature that we want to have, you know, Andrea uh, to really work on. So that's another sort of, you know, six month timeline. So here's here's the race that I'm that I'm aiming for. And here's how my training is tracking. And here's what it looks like I'm at today. 
And if I do X, Y, Z training, uh, I could actually get pretty close to that predicted time. So that would be pretty neat. I wonder, just for curiosity's sake, what would happen if an athlete like myself put in a target race time for like an eight-hour Ironman, uh, knowing that there's no realistic <laughs> way to achieve that for me, but uh, yeah. what it would do with the algorithms no, if it would just come back and say, I don't think we're going to allow that. That's Because uh, I don't think that's, that's not how... Like that's not how it works. We're, we're just gonna we're gonna tell you based on your MMP curves, right? That what your maximal mean uh, power, maximal uh, maximal mean speed um, profiles. We can kind of you know there's there's not really that many secrets in terms of um, what you should be able to do on race day. We all like to think that you know it's uh, and I've been there so many times. You like you're out there training and stuff, and you're dreaming that you're. <laughs> You know, the biggest dream I always had was that, you know, you're going to wake up on race day and everyone's going to be blown away. The media is going to be completely blown away because you're sitting right up there with, you know, Jan Ferdino and, and et al. <laughs> yep. I, I think that's, and, I think that's and, consigned to the uh, the dream world for sure. <laughs> exactly. Like the reality is you can see on quite clearly in your in your data where you should where you should probably be lining up but that being said you can still make really good inroads into that performance so it uh yeah we and we can give pr good predictions on how you're tracking towards that so that's we want to have that in there just uh how your maximal mean curve uh relates to your likely training or sorry your likely race performance that's that's more what we kind of had in mind does that make sense yeah, it makes sense, but it brings up a, a question that I'm I, I don't I'm very interested in just a, from a coaching perspective too. But uh, when you uh, when you're making projections or when you're you know you you think what can you accomplish in a season? How do you account for kind of the training status of the athlete? Right, if you get somebody off the couch, their capacity for improvement is substantial. But when you get somebody who's got you know, 12 years of endurance, of steady endurance training under their belt, their capacity for improvement is much less substantial. So how do you, how do you account for that um, very big difference? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I agree and I disagree with you on that one a little, Michael, because it's like the, it's, because it, we find this actually is like the, when a, a successful endurance athlete in the past gets off the couch, they come back so rapidly, in fact, mm, like okay, they, they're, all of a sudden they rapidly back improve back up because and that makes complete sense based on uh you know epi, epigenetics right sure. like they basically everything is it's it the genes know what to do they've been there before and it doesn't take too long to tell them what to uh what to ramp up again and uh whereas if we have a sedentary individual that's getting uh right off the couch and really you know they they haven't done too much in their life. Well, they, yes, they might, they could improve quickly, but they may also be, you know, uh, metabolically unhealthy and okay, they, uh, they might not go that well. So, um, I th again, I think the relationship between the load and the load response, uh, is going to help, uh, help continue to guide that, that athlete. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that did that answer your question. <laughs> so it sounds like it's just let me let me <laughs> parrot it back at you. Uh, it sounds like you're looking at the load response to the you know to the training, and then potentially that the that load response is going to uh, fine tune that race prediction or that prediction of of fitness, let's say on on uh, race day. 
I don't know if the load response per se is predicting the the performance time. I would say the maximum mean power curves, maximum right. speed curve. Let me rephrase then. I sort of rephrase yeah. it, but uh, let's uh, the the potential uh, the potential improvement in that MMP curve. Um, yeah. Right. I think what I'm what I'm trying to get at is that there's you know you're going to have well you you talked about it earlier like responders and non-responders right like you're going to have you're going to have a, a broad range of maybe maybe that's a better way to talk about it rather than talking about you know fitness age um but if you look at responders versus non-responders it's a little bit hard to to prognosticate improvement and this is uh, you know as a coach i face this quite a bit when when people ask me so if i do all the stuff you're asking me to do you know how much stronger am I going to be in six months? And that's in a, that's a question that I I hate that question. <laughs> so like I I it's a, I have a, a really hard time answering it. So I'm just wondering how Athletica uh, goes about answering it. Yeah, I don't think we've answered it yet. Um, I think that we're we're going to try to answer it. And yeah, I don't think I have necessarily an answer on that one. And I would almost need I need more data. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I'd be totally taking a stab at that one. And again, because think of the, think of the audience that we're speaking to right now, right? Like just like the mass, if we're speaking to everyone, like everyone's going to be so individual on mm. that. I don't have an answer for everyone. Well, I think that's the right answer to be perfectly honest. Like yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's, well, the only reason I say it's the right answer because it's the answer that I always give to people is like, you know, we'll see, we'll see how you go. We'll see what your adaptation looks like. We'll see how well you, you know, you can absorb the load, et cetera, et cetera. That is exactly the same answer I give to my, to my, uh, well, Good. Yeah, that's the right answer. I, I agree. The, the really interesting, though, it, the really interesting thing, though, is that uh, you're actually taking steps towards solving that problem, or at least collecting data to help provide insight into that problem that we haven't had previously. Um, so I think that's super cool. Is uh, in, and you've mentioned this before. It's just going to continue to get smarter and better as more people hop on the platform. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we're already seeing that too, right? Like, um, this is, I'm kind of reflecting on the load response variables. And one of the things that we, that we see in our small sample size uh, so far is how though the athletes that are providing the most information to Athletica, call it the coach, they're the ones that we've almost got them totally dialed in mm. in terms of their, of their uh, optimizing the load for them. Whereas in the individuals that are a little bit more slack in filling out their um, their forms and whatnot, those load response variables we discussed, the we're not as good at pinpointing the the right load for them. So shouldn't be a surprise. But ultimately, yeah, it's the um, yeah you can really you can really get what we have so far. You can really get it to to fine tune just that optim and and optimize that uh, that. I guess that rate of rise of performance improvement that you're probably after. That's kind of cool and exciting for us. And I guess it's very much a case of garbage in, garbage out, which is often used for like any numerical study. Um, like if you don't provide good data, you can't get good good results out of it or you can't get good insight out of it. No, no surprise at all, but that's that's how it works. So that's cool. And that's a big problem. And Andrew and I, I well, I don't know if it's Andrew's favorite topic, but it's one of my like top three topics that I always pick at is uh, is that garbage in, garbage out problem and the, the limitations of other other platforms that have tried to do things like SMA VO2 max or tell you how well recovered you are and uh, you know give you all of those all of those parameters based on very very questionable data um, but you I think collecting subjective data is even trickier because uh, 
you know, you're, you're relying on the, the human to, to do that. And consistency sometimes isn't the best. And it's, you know, you mentioned it as an issue for, for Athletica, but it's all, as I'm sure, you know, is it's an issue for, you know, human coaches too. I, I'm, you know, I, many, many of the conversations that I have are about filling in your comments, folks. <laughs> so if I coach you and you're listening and you're not filling those in, you got to fill those in. <laughs> exactly. Paul Larson tells you, tells you so. Yeah, it's 100% the same. So, and I, you know, before you guys let me go, I got us, I got to say a massive thank you uh, to you, especially Michael, because you, you the podcast that you did with, uh, with Bruce Rogers mm. was epic for me. And uh, that was, I've been looking for that kind of that DFA, uh, you know, one alpha for, for ages. Um, and that was just such a cool podcast for me to listen to. And then I got in touch with Bruce and he's been in touch with us. And, and we are, we're working on implementing that in the back end of Athletica as well. Oh, cool. I'm super excited on it from like, from a, from a coaching perspective. I actually had a coaching call with an athlete that I work with um, and we're, we're going to try it with her. And one of the big limiters, of course, with Bruce's study is that there were no female, um, no female participants. So I'm going to have a, a, you know, uh, an N plus one for, uh, for a female uh, doing a RAM test on the bike in the next week or so. Nice, nice. Well, again, that was just, that was, oh, can't tell you how excited I was when I, when I listened to that one. <laughs> well, thank you. And I'm so grateful. Bruce is such a good guy. He's eh? a super good like, dude. He's such a- We've, I've, I've taken up so much of his time so far, Paul. Like I've sent him so many emails asking him about, uh, you know, how to interpret a file or how to, uh, what, what does he make of this result? And uh, he's, he's just been so kind with his time. He's amazing. So yeah, if you're listening, Bruce, uh, you're an absolute legend. Thank you so much for your <laughs> contribution here. And yeah, so it's yeah. Again, we're we're uh, yeah we're going to work together to to get that implemented in the back end of Athletic. And you can see the potential for that now too, implemented in in the back of our platform too now, because now you know ultimately, uh, you know, maybe not just just yet, but eventually we're going to have a pretty good determination of where that aerobic threshold lies. Mm-hmm which is so important. I mean, I harp on it for, I've harped on it for years with Phil Maftone and math training and zone two training and, you know, the relationship with fat oxidation, health, blah, blah, blah. And it's, and, but we're all kind of guessing on where that sits for every person. And now we've actually got a, what looks to be, you know, still to validate, but what looks to be a really strong indicator of where that, that sits. And now we can calibrate all our zones from that too. So that's, pretty pretty groundbreaking in my view so a huge thanks to you guys and your podcast and and uh for that that one specifically and 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 to bruce well it's great to hear that it's it's useful but one thing one other thing i'll say about this analysis is that it's easy and it's inexpensive right it's not a lab visit and it's not you know you don't need any super high-end expensive equipment or any real expertise to conduct it like any anybody who knows how to you know put on a heart rate strap um can do this can do this analysis more or less reasonably well and that's that's what's super exciting is that the you know provided that you have some kind of data quality rules in place uh you can get potentially again and i i echo your you know your your caution with uh, just how new this this stuff is uh potentially you can get high quality data from an at home you know very easy to do uh, test, which is extra exciting for, for, especially for folks like you who are relying on, uh, on input from, from athletes without, you know, hand holding or instructions from a, a human coach. 
Uh, absolutely, absolutely, and and yeah, I mean, you, you can hear the excitement in my voice, and that's and this is yeah, and yours as well. So I, <laughs> totally. <laughs> And and all that being said, we I totally recognize it's probably going to take a couple of years or more to you know refine, and it really depends on artifact and mm-hmm. uh, you know you know the the sensor that you're actually using and all these various different things. But nevertheless, I'm it's it's the first time I've actually seen real promise in in this area, and it has the potential to be groundbreaking. And we're just really excited to be to be trying at least to implement in the background. Um, you know, all, with all the limitations and, and the, the hiccups we'll inevitably go through in the next next couple of years for it. Still super exciting. Well, Paul, this has been super interesting for me. And as you could tell from uh, for both of us, I suppose, Andrew and I stepping mm-hmm. on each other to, to ask questions. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully that'll all be edited out. <laughs> I'll have to do, I'll do my best. I'll, I'll need, I'll, I'll assign an extra hour for the editing in this one. Um, Paul, where can people learn more about what you guys are up to and then uh, how to sign up? I was, while we were chatting, I opened up the website and I see that you can't sign up just yet. So what what's the timeline for for all the endurance nerds who are listening to the show who, who want to give it a go. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, where, can, where can folks follow you? Cool. So, yeah, go to athletica.ai and join our mailing list there. And um, we're, yeah, we're basically releasing uh, access in 50-person increments mm-hmm. just to ensure platform stability. So if you're on that list, you'll be, um, you'll be informed when you, can, when you can come on board. And... Yeah, we're, again, we're on all this, the socials, Athletica AI. And yeah, also don't forget about Hit Science as well, too. Um, just, just from the last one, that's our, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of information on there as well. Yeah, and listeners, if you haven't already, if you, are, if you aren't one of those who already have, go back and listen to, uh, to our first chat with Paul, which was uh, episode number 28 on high-intensity interval training. Give him a couple more download points over, over Marco Altini. <laughs> <laughs> And as you were saying that, I actually went and signed my name on the uh, the mailing list there. So I just wanted to get ahead of all our listeners who would hopefully be signing up. To- <laughs> I was going to say, Paul, you probably have two, two, two endurance nerds who are putting up their hands right here on this call. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you're part of the club. I'm definitely there, too. Uh, listeners, as always, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, and thank you for all the lovely reviews and ratings that you've been sending to us. Uh, we'll, uh, we're running a little bit short on time here, but we'll read out a couple more next time we're on the air. Um, keep those coming. They really do help us uh, reach a broader audience. And uh, if you're listening and engaged, uh, that probably means that there are lots of other individuals out there who, uh, who want to hear what uh, we and our awesome guests like Paul have to say. So keep those coming. Please. Thanks. Thanks.